Welcome to Gardens and Plants, a podcast about plants and gardening in the Washington, D.C. metro area. I am Peggy Richo, a horticulturist in Northern Virginia. My website, pegplant.com, is an online resource for gardeners in the D.C. metro area. I publish a free monthly gardening newsletter called Peg Plants Post. And my name is Terry Spate, owner of cottageinthecourt.com, a website, podcast, and blog where I share all things beautiful in the garden, from the places I visit, highlighting my favorite plants, books I'm reading, and more. And I live in Central Maryland. So Terry, what's going on in your garden? Well, Peggy, you know, a lot of people are aware that the butterfly bush can become invasive. But let me tell you, I finally found Royal Red last year, which some say it uh, attracts the most amount of butterflies. I think there's a lot of fact in there. It's, I need to prune it back, but I've just kind of let it go. And when I open my front door to take Precious out for a walk, it is like a butterfly party. My front garden, it, there's always a party going on from bees to butterflies. And I'm so glad that I have this one bush. Now I will look for seedlings because I don't want it to get out of control. But right now I've seen monarchs, I've seen black butterflies, white butterflies, just spotted butterflies. Just, I could sit in my front door and just look at it for hours on end. Mm -hmm. My crepe myrtles are finally blooming. Um, I have atomic red because I thought the red bloom was just amazing. Um, my brown-eyed Susans are uh, as prolific as ever, waiting to be shared, I might add. <laughs> but one thing that I planted uh, for the first time in the ground was heliotrope. Normally, I have it in a pot on my front porch, and you, know, you got to sit right by it in order to get that wonderful apple pie fragrance but I planted it in the ground. I have once again, not watered it, <laughs> except for when I put it in the ground. And every time I go to my car, that scent just wafts through the air, especially on those warm, sultry summer nights. It, I, I'm gonna plant more of that next year, that is a promise. My sedums are beginning to blush. And just when I thought my hibiscus had finished blooming, here comes a red bloom. Here comes a pink bloom. It's just going crazy. That's great. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it is, there's a lot of activity going on. I'm still waiting for my um, Caryopteris to uh, put on this purple berry show, but that'll be later in the season. But right now, the garden is alive. So much activity is going on. And, of course, in my veggie garden, I'm still, you know, Terry's Pepper Palace going on here. <laughs> And uh, the tomatoes, my, my dwarf tomato plant is kicking butt. My pineapple tomato has one tomato on it. And I'm cherishing that because I know the flavor is going to be amazing. And perhaps if I had fertilized it more, it would produce more than one. But even just the one, I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. What's going on in your garden, Peg? Well, my veggie garden is very active too, and that's in the back. So I still am harvesting the 
zucchini and the squash and the tomatoes and the peppers and everything. But in the front of the garden, uh, right in the very front up towards the front door, there's a part that's just green because it was blooming in the spring with the azaleas and the hardy geraniums. And, but now it's just green. And in the fall, the mums will kick in. But I took photos to remind me that next year I should plant something for color at this point in time. And I'm considering tropicals because they can bloom all summer long despite our heat and humidity. And also because I grew up in the tropics. I grew up in Asian countries. So mm -hmm. I think of the plants that I saw when I was there, like lantana and penta. And I know a lot of people are familiar with lantana, but they might be as familiar with penta, which is a tropical shrub that when I was young and I lived in Chiang Mai, Thailand, in the front of the house were red flowering penta shrubs. And they would be annuals here, of course. But these, mm -hmm. um, these would definitely have flower and color in the hot August, you know, July, August, September months. So I'm thinking that I'm going to do that next year. And the flowers are small and star-shaped, but they're in kind of a large mass, like a mop head hydrangea. They take mm. full sun. They're not picky about soil. And they would bloom all summer long. And they come in a variety of colors, but there's a new one that's coming out next year called Glitterati Red Star by Pan American Seed. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking about getting that and planting it in the front so that I have color at, you know, at this point in time where um, I'm kind of in between the spring and the fall color. Mm -hmm. And I also, I joined the um, Perennial Plant Association. So mm -hmm. I just found out that Calamint, which is Calamintha nepeta, is the mm -hmm. perennial plant of the year for 2021. Yay! And, yeah, and I actually don't have that one, so I need to get that one. And mm -hmm. this is a program that showcases perennials that stand out and they're suitable for a wide range of climates, low maintenance, you know, relatively pest and disease free. And this calamint is a low growing perennial shrub that has small white lilac flowers and it's a member of the mint family. And it can be about a foot and a foot half tall, tracks bees and butterflies and is deer resistant. So mm. that's why I'm thinking that that's something I need to add next year um, because it would be for me, it would be like a little shrubby thing that would be attracting bees and pollinators, and that'll help out with my veggie garden. Mm -hmm. Now, so, my question though, Peg, um, we all love our perennial plants of the year. I mean, uh, Coreopsis, that was my pick. I love it. However, this is in the mint family. Will it become invasive? Oh, no, no. It's not going to become invasive at all, but the flowers will be. So, mint has these typical flowers. Um, and it would have the same type of flower structure, but very, very small. Mm -hmm. So this would be a perfect perennial plant pick, right? <laughs> yeah, I should do Peg's perennial plant picks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it sounds like a winner to me. I bet, you know, one thing we better find it now, because as we both know, when there's a perennial plant pick of the year, it's hard to find sometimes. So now that we know, we know what to look for. Right. And that's it for me. Um, have you been any place recently? Well, you know I have, because <laughs> what's life without adventure? <laughs> so I'm all about self-care right now, because, you know, we've been inside for months, <laughs> a whole lot longer than we ever assumed we would be inside, having a period of unintentional pausing. You know, we did escape one weekend, but... This past weekend, I needed to kind of stay close to home. So one thing I did was there's a place called Wellspring uh, Manor and Spa. 
less than 15 minutes from my house in Prince George's County, they had an art exhibit on Sunday. And oh my goodness, the art was amazing. The ambiance of the place was amazing. I envisioned this as a resource for maybe just going to take a walk. Because a lot of times, you know, with all the, the noise in our heads, if, you know, we don't know what we're going to plant in the garden, do we do pansies, do we do mums, is it deer resistant, is it not? Sometimes just going for a walk in nature, forest bathing, some call it, can really help clear the mind. Wellspring Manor has grounds that they had maples in the front. I can only imagine the fall color. I'm going to be watching this place and keeping my eye on it. But it was just a very serene afternoon. I sat outside for a while, even though it was warm, and I just imagined the possibilities and allowed my mind to just be, you know, just, just kind of check out for a minute. Mm-hmm. Well worth it. It really fed my soul. Uh, Wellspring Manor, I'm going to be chatting with them and we're going to find out more about them later in the season. But another place that I went that also really fed my soul was Green Street Gardens, uh, the one in Lothian, Maryland. Now, I had not been to Green Street in probably three, four years. The last time I was there, I took my dad, my garden buddy with me, and he, and I believe it was Mr. Green Street, they talked for over 45 minutes. They were just having a slap happy time. It was amazing. Those are real people, Peggy. Mm-hmm. When I say real people, they, when I got there on Sunday, it was close to closing time. The lady said, take your time. The young man in the greenhouse was like, it's okay. I was like, I just want to get a houseplant. I'm feeding my houseplant addiction. He said, take your time. It's okay. And when I checked out, you know, because I, I believe in telling people when I'm really feeling the love. And I told him the last time that I had been there was when my dad was, was here on this earth. And he listened intently. And he said, well, I'm, I'm glad that you came back and revisited When I say support local, that is exactly what I mean. Their merchandise looked fresh. They have uh, what I call a visitor center, which is basically like a gift shop, which I could spend a lot of time in every gift shop I ever visit. But I was good on Sunday. I bought my two little house plants and I left. But boy, what a feeling. What a, a sense of being and belonging. Mm-hmm. that I felt when I left there. So that's one uh, I would like our listeners to put on their radar. Green Street Gardens, they have one in Lothian, and then there's one in Alexandria too, I believe. Right, Peggy? Yeah, it's actually very close to me, and I've been there many times, and they have a great selection of plants. And um, in the beginning of the season, they actually have a really good selection of herbs and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And they too have a um, an indoor selection of house plants, and then of course a lot of things that you can use, and a lot of statues and things that you would use in the garden, like your your tomato trellis and things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I really like that company. It's very nice, and I've actually talked to him before. I interviewed him about another location that they put up in um, Virginia, in but I think it's closed right now because of COVID, because that one was entirely outside. 
Mm-hmm. And so um, he, he's very nice and very, um, you have access to him, even though he's the owner of a huge business, you know, family run business. He's very nice and he's okay with you calling him up and talking to him on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are just what I call real people. Mm-hmm. And, and we need more of them in this world. We really, mm-hmm. really do. Because the garden community, we all know each other. We all, you know, connect with each other. But then there are some that really just stand out. Right. Ray Greenstreet has a, he has a good business model and I appreciate his presence in Maryland and in Virginia. Mm-hmm. So those are uh, the two places that I ventured to um, over the weekend. But now I'm ready for some online classes. I'm, I'm really on this self-care tip right now, Peggy. And I want to sh- you know, give a little love to the Maryland, uh, University of Maryland Extension. People think of the Extension just as a place for gardeners to get information about just gardening. The Extension Center is so much more. Um, A couple of things that I will be attending this week. The Mid-Atlantic Women in Agriculture has an emotional well-being, warning signs and resources webinar. Now that's today uh, at noon, I'm sorry, that's tomorrow at noon. Uh, You can still register, it's free, it's absolutely free, but it really, it's talking to farmers, but obviously farmers and gardeners, because we know that we experience a broad range of crop failure or plant failure, plant successes, sometimes we don't want to admit our failures, but our successes and the stress that sometimes when people are gardening, sometimes they're not taking it in the right vein. You know, it's all about this competition thing. It's not. Gardening is supposed to feed your heart, your mind, and your soul. So this little free webinar talks about that and helps you realize the triggers uh, and that one, if you go on the extension.umd.edu/events, you'll find out more about that. But then there's another one that's ongoing. Uh, Jennifer Dixon Cravens of the University of Maryland Extension has been holding some phenomenal sessions pretty much since spring. Uh, this week, she has two. Uh, emotional health and wellness fun therapy webinar. That's going to be awesome. That's today at 1130. But it's okay if you miss that one, because tomorrow she has a DASH eating plan for hypertension webinar. All of this is free. The extension is concerned about how we grow, why we grow. They offer tips for things we grow, but they also give us all this wonderfully free information, even during this time of unintentional pausing. So you may not see extension doing programming out in the community like they normally would do um, through Master Gardeners and other entities, but if you just go online, there's so many things that they're offering. And I'll keep sharing more because she has programming scheduled through to almost Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And it's all information that helps us be better as we grow, whether we're growing in our gardens or whether we're growing into better people. 
What are you listening to this week, Peggy? Well, it's interesting that you're focusing on how the green world <clears throat> can help us emotionally and with our mental health and everything. And I was thinking, you know, back to school, and I was thinking how it's helping kids with their academics because um, every month, you know, I list the monthly gardening events. And so I also go to the websites of the local botanical gardens. And I was noticing that a lot of the botanical gardens, they're opening up, but also they're having online educational resources for kids. And of course, families can go visit many of the botanical gardens in this area because they're opening up. And then that's a good resource for um, learning about science and math and things like that. But then if you go to their website, then they have things on their website like youth activities. Like I looked at the Adkins Arboretum and they have youth activities on their website. And Brookside Gardens has youth activities and a children's garden. And then the historic London Town Gardens is open with youth activities in person. And then, of course, in D.C., you know, the Smithsonian Gardens are open and they have online activities on their website. And Tudor Place is open with online activities. And in Virginia, of course, we have historic homes like the Carlisle House in Old Town. Mm -hmm. And they have a nice garden in the back with a gazebo. But they have an interesting women's suffrage educational kit that you can order for youth to learn about women in voting. And then mm -hmm. Mount Vernon is open, you know, and they have a lot of online and in-person activities for kids. And Gunston Hall Plantation has online activities for kids. And the American Horticulture Society is open and they have youth resources on their website. And Green Spring Gardens is open with the children's garden and in-person activities for kids. So I was thinking about how the green world can maybe help parents as they teach their kids, you know, or maybe help teachers or whatever. But the green world is there for your soul and for your mental health, but also it helps you learn about science or math or you know principles like that and botany of course you know <laughs> yeah. and even history and history yeah it all ties together yeah. so yeah so there's a lot and a, a lot of the botanical gardens understand that they can really contribute more than just be a collection of plants yeah it is really yeah. interesting it's amazing how this period of unintentional pausing has provided many different platforms for families to grow together, mm -hmm. couples with or without kids, just embracing nature. The Benjamin Banneker home site, they have had so much programming over the summer. It's been amazing. And this is all information. And, the, and this is also an opportunity to create memories that we can carry with us instead of saying, oh, remember, you know, during that COVID time when we were just in the house. No, right. we learned, we grew. Right. And every time I go to a botanical garden, there's always a couple who's having their wedding pictures taken. And actually one time we saw a lady who's pregnant and it was a, a, it was a photo to commemorate the fact that she was being pregnant. Maybe she was going to announce it that way or something like that, but it was different than a wedding photo. Yeah. yeah. We've, we've certainly got creative, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I can't wait until next week. I've, I've got an adventure planned and I can't wait to share that. And uh, That's great. There are a lot yeah. of things coming up this week that um, I'm going to be attending. Oh, and just so you know, just around the corner is, um, so you have to register now. So you have to register by September the 9th and it's free. And it, you have to register through the Pennsylvania State University. There's a three-part series to address the importance of our role in creating biodiversity at home in our gardens. 
It's called Turning the Tide, a Practical Guide for Bringing Nature Home. And this is three Thursday nights. They're webinars. They're free from 7 to 8.30. And so the first one on September 10th is Doug Tallamy. And he just uh, published a book called Bringing Nature Home. So he's going to talk about that. And then on September the 17th is Wendy Brister, who's the marketing person at Cavanos in Maryland. Mm -hmm. And she'll explain how to implement this to people like us, the homeowners. And then on September the 24th, Doug comes back and answers questions. So that's going to be a great three-parter that's free. And then also on this coming Wednesday is going to be a virtual presentation on strategies for adding native plants to your landscape and the many benefits. And that's um, something that you can see on my website. I list the monthly events. So you'll see a Zoom link there. And then on Thursday, of course, the Smithsonian Gardens, they have their virtual presentations. And this one's planting fall vegetables. And then on Friday, of course, the Master Gardeners in Northern Virginia, they're doing one on fall lawn care. And there's many more. I just pick a couple, you know, for this podcast. Well, I have to add this in there because Wendy has been on my podcast before. She's an amazing person. And she is part of Region 2 for GardenCom. Right. Garden Communicators. This is what we do. We just share the love of gardening through events, through our messaging, through social media, because we want the world to know to get involved in nature, get outside and garden, and learn how to just be one with nature. It's amazing. And, and Wendy, I can't tell you how phenomenal she is. She's an awesome person. Right. If anybody's ever interested in garden communications, then come visit us at gardencom.org and consider becoming a member. Um, and you'll see, you can actually listen to some webinars that have been taped there. Like yeah. CL did one on hydrangeas. Yeah. And there, there are going to be so many more offered over the winter. So mm -hmm. GardenCom, GardenCom International, that's us. That's what we do. We communicate. Anything else, Peggy? Well, I guess that's it for this week. So tune in next week. Gardens and Plants will be broadcasted every week. And as professional garden communicators, we share what is happening in the D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland suburbs. Visit our websites for more detailed information at pegplant.com and cottageinthecourt.com. We're also very active on social media. You can find me at pegplant and Terry at Cottage in the Court. And both of us have links to this episode on our websites. Our podcast is available on nine platforms, Apple Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Overcast, and Stitcher. We have an email box, so feel free to drop us a line at gardensinplants.com podcast at gmail.com. Goodbye for now and get in the garden.